A key component of the modern world economy, the chemical industry delivers products and innovations to enhance everyday life. It is also an industry in transformation, where chemical executives and workers are delivering growth and industry-changing advancements while responding to pressures from investors, regulators, and public opinion. Discover how leading companies are approaching these challenges here on The Chemical Show. Join Victoria Meyer, president of Progressio Global and host of The Chemical Show, as she speaks with executives across the industry and learns how they are leading their companies to grow, transform, and push industry boundaries on all frontiers. Here's your host, Victoria Meyer. Hi, this is Victoria Meyer. Welcome to another episode of The Chemical Show. This week, I am speaking with Tom Swanson, who is the Senior VP of Sales for Locus Bioenergy, which is a bio-based startup. I'm going to call them a startup company here, focused on surfactant solutions for crude oil recovery, transport, and remediation. Tom has a long history in energy and chemicals with 30 plus years at Baker Hughes, Clarion, Brentag, Schlumberger, and then most recently two biotech startups, which I'm hoping we hear a bit about both maybe, which is Locust Bioenergy and Solugen. So Tom and I are going to have a great conversation about all things chemicals and energy and bio and wherever we go. So Tom, welcome to The Chemical Show. Thank you, Victoria. Glad to be here today and always happy to share my story to help the up and coming entrepreneurs in the industry and the overall industry to advance. Absolutely. Thanks for that. So Tom, what is your origin story? How did you get started in this wonderful world of energy and chemicals and where you are today? No, great, great question. I grew up in a large family out of Illinois and we relocated to Houston of all places. And my father was always an entrepreneurial, looking at several industries where he could invest and and really be uh, kind of the first in that industry to try new things. And I went to school in Sam Houston State University, close by to Houston, studied chemistry, not knowing what I was going to do with that degree, but certainly recognizing I understand and really enjoyed chemistry. And my first job out of university was uh, Baker Hughes and uh, started there as an application chemist uh, with global responsibility. And for the next seven years, I traveled to 28 countries working on oil and gas issues uh, from onshore to offshore to greenfield, brownfield. And uh, my overall goal and objective was to really understand what were the pain points and how could I, from a chemistry standpoint, supply those solutions. So um, that was my start. It wasn't planned, but um, it was kind of the taste of the future. And I never wanted to leave after that. That's awesome. Uh, Did you say 128 countries? 28 countries, but I'm probably over 40 now. Got it. Like, yeah. So that's, it's always amazing to me. I think people in energy and chemicals is the, uh, just the global nature of the business and traveling to places that probably you never could have dreamt of, you know, when you were in college and thinking about what your future career was. Yeah. Yeah. I really enjoyed the different cultures and working with different people. I I mean, I came from a large family, so you, you kind of had to have that mindset if you were going to survive within that family. But, um, I enjoyed the different foods, the peoples, and really from an oil and gas side, there is a host of different um, processing techniques that are used globally for crude oil and gas. And it was keeping an open mind and understanding they have a reason why they're doing it and how can I make that chemistry fit within that process and just keeping that 
open mind and, and different oils and waters that we're dealing with, with different reservoirs. So um, all of that tied together was a unique opportunity and experience. Yeah, sounds like it. So tell us about Locus Bioenergy Solutions. Sure. So Locus Bioenergy Solutions was founded around 2017. Um, and the, the founder and co-founder were experts in probiotics. Um, and so they took that technology looking at what could we use from a fermentation standpoint to take agricultural products and create something that would be a performance um, a performance product that could be used in oil and gas. And so they settled on a Sephora lipid, which is well known in the industry um, in terms of its performance for reducing interfacial tension, but allowing, um, allowing the transport of organics through an aqueous phase. And uh, so that was started in 2017. And um, when I joined, uh, it was really looking at what is the strategy and approach to market um, and how do we advance that in terms of commercialization? Yeah, interesting. Um, and we're going to get back to more on that commercialization piece in a little bit. But, you know, this is obviously this is a green and a bio based solution. Why is it important to the energy industry? And what is it about um, the products and the technology that uh, Locus is bringing to market that makes it really unique or valuable? Yes, great question. So if you look at the overall portfolio, and I'll focus on just chemical suppliers, but it has a wider range, investors in the chemical space today are looking at what is sustainable, what's renewable carbon index, what's low carbon. Um, this is what the, the new generation of investors are looking at, whether it's institutional, private equity, or venture capital. And um, from our customer standpoint, um, they see that pull and drive from the C-suite is to what are we introducing into the environment? Um, first of all, does it perform in terms of our KPIs producing oil at a certain price per barrel? But what happens to all that water and oil as we process downstream? And what are all these additives um, doing in terms of the effect of the environment? And so from that standpoint, you know, we have multiple things going on, but investment looking at where do I want to put my money? Do I want to put it in something sustainable or do I want to put it in petrochemical technology, which we all know is under pressure to deliver uh, something to the environment in a positive effect? Yeah, it makes sense. Although I think one of the challenges I've seen, and I think certainly others have, is the whole aspect of scale, right? So um if we look at the drive to net zero, the energy transition, the decarbonization goals that companies have and countries have, et cetera, um, one of the biggest challenges is scale, right? So it's it's interesting to be able to bring in the new technologies and bio-based, but it feels like there's an inherent limiter. Um, and that may or may not be true. So what do you see from that perspective? Like, are you how are you guys able to get to scale? Yes. So early days, and well, let me back up. So strategically with a with a startup, I would say this based on my experience. With a startup, you have to focus on the end user and you have to understand what are the needs, what's the cost, and how do I compare with the other alternative solutions in the industry? That's phase one. Phase two is you have to file as much IP as possible on what you learn. And a lot of these learnings are done through you know, free trials and support to the business, but you have to file as much IP as you can at that point in time. And then you have to quickly transition into revenue. So revenue is who is going to take that solution to the end user at scale 
and provide you the revenue for all the hard work that you've done. So that that's another key element to that whole box of mystery, because if you focus on phase one too long, you lose your investors because you don't have revenue coming in. So I was brought in in terms of developing that strategy, having experienced before with the biotech startup to say, what's our clear path to revenue? And then the other overarching piece is don't view your technology as standalone. View it as uh, something that contributes as a bolt-on to existing technology. Because when you say new, it doesn't matter what industry. When you say new, you put up a lot of roadblocks. So, yeah. so we've been able to say, it's not new, but we can make what you've got better. And let's transition to something that's completely green, but let's not start from the beginning at completely green because it's difficult to do that. Yeah. That's interesting. So that's that's helpful. So you've you've described a bit of this development path and also where um, Locust started. What obstacles has Locust faced um, as as it's gone from its early days to where you are today? Um, and obviously trying to really commercialize and focus on that growth and revenue piece. Yeah, I would say since 2017, and I came on board and uh, was it 2020, late 2021. And the bulk of the work, which we're benefiting today in Locust BE was based on direct to operator. So we developed over 300 case histories, proving the technology direct to operator in terms of increasing oil production, stimulating wells, transporting organics. And then when I came on board, I said, okay, we've done, we've done the three, four years you know, proving ourselves. Now we have to take it to the next level. So my remit upon hiring was how how fast can we move with our distributors in terms of taking those playbooks of knowledge, teaching them how to do what we do today from an application standpoint, and really taking advantage of those volumes because now you have we're a team of uh, probably thirty in in the uh, energy space. But if you look at all of our distributors and their employees, now you're looking at tens of thousands. So it was was getting the knowledge to them to say, look, we've done everything that we need to do to to prove the technology. Now you can take it to the next level. And now we're actually a global exporting company. Wow. That's awesome. So, you know, you talked earlier about understanding the end user. And and I like to talk a lot about customer value and customer experience. and, And that's really the critical component when we're talking about chemicals and, and growth and going to market. When you look at this, who are really your target customers and what do they value in what you're bringing? What are they looking for? Yeah, the, the key metrics with our customers, of course, when you look at the water handling side of the business, it's what's my cost per barrel to either inject it or reuse it for frack? What, what's my cost per barrel? Um, when you look at the oil side, um, it's really about how much incremental oil can I get out of an existing asset to offset a frack? And then number three is if I'm going to frack, what technology can I use during that high cost frack uh, event to prolong the uh, the decline curve, which is natural and unconventional shale? So three approaches, but really our customers are asking us, you know, how much more revenue can I generate by spending the same amount of money or how much money can I save or improve the process when I have to either dispose or reuse a water component? Yeah. Although it's not just about the money. I mean, well, it's not the money. It is about the money, but it's not just about the cost. Right. I mean, I think to a certain degree, it's, you know, there's also 
seemed like there would be a lot of value in the green and bio sustainability metric story use. Um, is that true? Yes. Yeah, so if you look at different levels, so the example I gave you right now would be the direct buyer or owner of the PL. So that's from an operational standpoint. As you move up through the chain, you have other components from the C-suite and investment profile. They want to see not only is the profit returned to the business, but how is that sustainable looking forward in terms of investment and how are we going to attract investors? And is it something green? Is it something that's not going to be detrimental to the environment? Can we reduce human exposure? So there, there's two levels where we deal today, unfortunately, is in the here's the here and now. What's my yeah. cost? Can I be competitive? But we have to recognize there's a C-suite and investor profile, which is the future, which is where we have to show sustainability. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously to your to your investors as well. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's great. So when you, um, you know, I think this is touches on you, you started obviously in what I would categorize maybe as more traditional chemicals and chemistry and, and energy companies. When you look back, um, at Baker Hughes and Clarion and others versus where you are today, but across your career, how has this evolved? What do you see as being different today versus where you started, um, with these other companies? Yeah, my, my early start date before biotech and venture capital was really, I mean, of course, I mean, large organizations, you have assets in place. And, and during that time frame, it was focused on profitability. We were looking at what's, what's the best product, doesn't matter where it comes from. Uh, we used a lot of, you know, non-environmentally friendly products. Um, our goal was to produce as much oil as we could. Um, streamline processes and where I'm at today or since, you know, since I went to Locus uh, and before that even Solugen was the technologies really developed to where I think futures down the road, we can look at a complete green solution for oil and gas. I think right now we've kind of, it's the start of it where we're supplying products that are green that improve process, increase oil production, transport, everything from reservoir to refinery. And I think we're able to demonstrate that now, but it's now, how can we expand that into all the applications and challenges within oil and gas where we can contribute products that aren't detrimental to the environment, allow companies to reprocess, reuse water, because let's face it, injecting water in a saltwater disposal is just a wasted resource but yeah. what can we, you know, how can we get around that? And the larger organizations, you know, of course, it was focused on profit. But it's interesting that the startups now, the startups are are kind of a springboard for the large companies to develop and test out the chemistry because they have to protect their brand. The startups right. are, are more focused on let me get some venture capital, some private equity. I have an idea. Let me try it. And if you if you look at the the complete or um, if you look at all the super majors in terms of chemical conglomerates, they all have partners in a biosurfactant, bio base, but they're allowing those small companies to prove it out before they jump in. Yeah, I think that's right, and I certainly see that. My, I've talked about this before on the podcast that this whole one its partnership is critical in all of this innovation space, green bio, and other um, other innovations across the industry. Um, and then I think you're right. We see the the tr the development and the trialing is happening in much smaller companies. 
quite frankly, I, I think some of it's risk-based, but some of it's also the fact that until it gets to a big enough size, if it was inside a major, it would get killed because it was too small, too small, too expensive. And yet when you're at a startup company, it is the business. And so you're investing in developing and have, um, have the ability to be faster, have the ability to maybe give it more time uh, to test out different angles on the technology and its applications and how you utilize it than what a big company can do, because it just doesn't move the needle until it's actually been proven. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, I think in terms of the biotech investors are looking at the future and can you scale? What's it going to look like in the future? How big is it? And then within a large organization, it's the here and now, um, you know, it's lost in the PL. It's a it's an expense. You know, when is this going to deliver? How big is it compared to our market share today? You, know, you raise a great point. And I think that's why you always have that symbiotic relationship with innovation, small companies, and then larger companies always keeping the eye on that. And when do we pull it in? Yeah. Yeah. When you guys look at it from your point of view, when you look at partnerships, what's critical to you? I mean, and you guys have been forming partnerships. You're getting a lot of different acclaim across the industry. How do you assess what's really critical in those partnerships? Yeah. So our, our partnerships um, from an from a energy standpoint is we look at it as a solution provider to oil and gas on the basis of our Sephora lipid is how can we approach it holistically? So we look at partners that can provide low or high RCI products, green ancillary products that we can combine and blend, but ultimately give our customers the, the performance aspects that they're looking for in enhanced oil recovery, uh, stimulation, paraffin control. So even low VOC. So we look at it as a, we're not a standalone technology, but we contribute to the whole portfolio of green, low ESG, and sustainable products in the market to provide our customers with a complete package solution. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Right. I mean, and I think at the end of the day in, uh, in oil field and energy chemistry, if you will, um, it's all about solutions, right? It's, it's rarely a single uh, chemical going to, to be the solution. It has to be part of a whole package. Yeah, we have the adage in oil and gas, and I'm sure other industries too, is there's no silver bullet, but it's how well can you transition to the complete solution through your partnerships? And so we've been able, fortunately, to maintain great relationships in the industry um, with other biosurfactant or bio-based products that we can combine with ours to actually provide solutions to our customers. And we're really the, we're the application formulation experts for oil and gas. So we're able to combine a host of technologies to actually deliver a performance product to our customers. Yeah. Awesome. So Tom, or Tom when you guys look at, uh, you know, how you've developed and where you're growing, where are you guys producing today? What's, what's the expansion plans? Where do you expect to be as you look out into the next, the future over the next few years? Absolutely. So we, we are, we're privately held. So, you know, a, a lot of that is behind closed doors, but we do have, um, if you look at our other uh, business units within Locust uh, Fermentation, we have, a, we, and it's been announced, we have a, a global contract with Dow Chemical to replace 1,4-Doxanes uh, at that end of the business. We're expanding out our production facility in Solon, Ohio, which produces our biosurfactant. Um, so we have plans this year to, to grow exponentially in terms of expansion of production. 
And then we're utilizing that through our uh, blending facility in Midland, Texas for oil and gas to produce the products for our customers. But we have a five-year plan and it includes expansion into mining. We've got growth aspirations in oil and gas in terms of what we're gonna export with our international customers. So that's outside of the US. Um, and we've already had traction in that direction last year. So we've got, I think in terms of, you know, it, it's really a matter of fact is how fast can we produce to fulfill the need? I think that's what we're really talking about at this stage. And that's really what's driving the investment within Locus. Awesome. Well, that's great. Well, Tom, thank you for this. I've enjoyed uh, learning a little bit more about Locus and about you. Um, and appreciate you joining us on The Chemical Show. Thank you very much, Victoria. And always, um, I'm always happy to share my story. And uh, I think we have a long ways to go, but um, I'm seeing some great progression. Awesome. Thank you. And thanks everyone for just listening and joining the chemical show today. Keep listening, liking, sharing, and following and tune in for another great episode next week. Thanks. Thank you, Victoria. We've come to the end of today's podcast. We hope you enjoyed your time with us and want to learn more. Simply visit thechemicalshow.com for additional information and helpful resources. Join us again next time here on The Chemical Show with Victoria Meyer.